All right, look like everything good. Got the motherfucking cards this time, so I ain't got to get up later and go grab them. Got my notes. Got a fucking wild-ass movie to talk about, so I think the only thing we need now is fucking theme music. What's going on, everybody? I'm Brent, and this is the Home Video Hustle, where we hustle, motherfucking hustle. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's just me again this week. Plans had to get shifted around once again, but I think I got a good one for you. I was, uh, like, I, well, if you saw the video, you know this, but just in case you didn't see the video, I have this DVD set that I've had since 2009. That's right. Over a decade ago now. Fuck. It's weird saying that, but it's this urban action cinema. In the last couple episodes, I've been uh, watching the little Maverick movie sets, which have been cool because we had Snitch in New York. I almost said Snitch under pressure. I almost fused the fucking movies together. I don't know how I did that, but Snitch in New York and pressure. And a shout out to Maverick because they actually fuck with us and they listened to the episode, showed us love and all kind of good shit. So shout out to Maverick. But. I don't know, I just felt the urge to watch, like, some 70s shit again. It's been a little bit now, I think, since we watched, you know, a 70s exploitation-type movie. So I got that, because that's all that's in this DVD set right here. So I was like, all right, let me see what they got to work with. And I'm looking at the back of the case, because I had watched some of these years ago. I never watched all of them, but, like, the Mean Johnny Barrels I watched before. Lady Coco I watched before. The Final Comedown I watched before. And that was actually going to be the movie that uh we watched or t- I talked about today. I scrolled and I'm like, okay, Black Cobra, Tattoo Connection. There's a fucking movie called The Black Gestapo. And I remember even when I was looking at these movies, that one caught my attention. But I didn't uh, actually get to it. And so I was like, all right, let me uh, see what this trailer is all about. And then I saw that trailer that's on the YouTube video that y'all saw. And I was like, yeah, that's the movie right there. We got to see what the fuck this is about. So that's what I got for you here today, folks. Episode 145, The Black Gestapo. And uh, so I'm not going to label the Brits never seen because I know most of you motherfuckers have never seen it before. But just know that I haven't seen it before. And it's from 1975, one hour, 28 minutes. And uh, of course, I don't have any budget numbers for this shit, but I do got IMDb numbers. And on IMDb, it had a 4.6, which is higher than I thought it was going to have. And on Rotten Tomatoes, there was no critic score, and the audience gave it a 36%, which is about what I figured it would have, honestly. And it's directed by Lee Frost, and I think it's, like, even written or, like, co-written by him, too. And it stars Rod Perry, Charles P. Robinson, who you know if you've ever watched Night Court before, Phil Hoover, Ed Cross, and Angela Brent. Hey, it's not too often I see my name as a last name. But you know what? Yeah, fuck it, man, because uh, we're going to get into this shit for two reasons. First reason, because I got to, I don't know what I'm going to get this movie. I still don't know exactly how I feel about it, and two, because I got to record some other shit after this. So, let's get to it. And just like how we're having an immediate start, this movie also has an immediate start. Because that shit just comes on. You hit the play button, and shit just starts. Ain't no fucking studio credits, no, none of that shit. You just, we here now. And this is always how I imagine, like, the Grindhouse movie, because you only know uh, they always had the double features and shit. And a lot of these movies I typically do just kind of start. 
And I don't know if it's because, like, no company really had the rights to it. Because, like, of course, this DVD says probably all this shit was public domain at some point. Granted, some of this stuff has come out on Blu-ray right now. So, I don't know if this set is still in print or not. Actually, I think about it. But that's what I always just figure. like, oh, you know, there's no studio because nobody claims this shit. Which, I don't know, might be the case, might not be. Let me know if you know. The first thing that happens is these two dudes, I just call them thugs. These uh, white dudes, I don't know. I think they're supposed to be like mafia dudes or something. They debt collecting, though, because they go to this old man house and they shake him down for some papes. And they're like, oh, man, you know, you have plenty of time to get your, get the money for us now that you stop, now that you're done watching TV. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they take his TV and slam that bitch. And then your man is all crying and shit. Cut straight to the homie giving a speech. The main two characters in the movie is a guy named Koja and a guy named Ahmed. Ahmed is the leader of the... People's Army is what they call him. I just call him the PA in my notes. And he's giving the speech and he's getting everybody all hyped up and everything. So, you know, I don't just like the empowerment speech. I don't really remember exactly what he said word for word. But, you know, just like your, your Malcolm X and Martin Luther King type speeches or something. And uh, Ahmed is the leader. But then the homie Kojo, I think, is there. But he's looking kind of, I don't know. He just looks kind of like he ain't with the shits. And we'll find out later it's because he ain't really with the shits. And after you get that, that's when you hit the opening credits. And that's when the first eyebrow raise really happens. After you see the title and the cover, that's the first eyebrow raise. Now you get the second one. The title start. And over top of the, you know, the 70s funk music and shit, you get actual footage of fucking Hitler and a bunch of Nazis. And then you get the Black Gestapo title. And it's like, like the hand is heavy here, my nigga. But we'll talk about if it's heavy in the right direction. That's going to be the topic of today. Because I got problems here. And not necessarily with... The movie shit, but with the message, the message I have a slight problem with. But as we talk, I think you'll begin to see what I'm talking about here. But after the opening credits, you cut to the damn detox unit at this hospital. The People's Army has their own little hospital space they use to kind of uh, help overdose, you know, kids and shit. Or, well, I guess I can say kids, you know, like 18 years, 17 years and shit. Young cats overdosing on that smack or whatever it is out there at the time and that's when you find out that the general's got beef because general our man general koja oh, i said koja is that his name koja not kojo koja i my notes put a and k so i gotta try to remember these names now and they even changed names later in the movie and i really don't remember those no more but they got beef though because it's basically like i man it wants the the peaceful revolution you know we go out here we feed the pole give medical treatment to the people we know the overdose and everything whereas koja is like He's like, nah, nah, fuck that. We need to go out here. We need to start fucking breaking necks. We need to start whooping ass and all that type of shit with the, you know, the violent revolution. And so they have beef about, you know, their stands and all that bullshit. Letting you know very early on that this is going to be the problem of the movie right here. And so you're also introduced as a nurse there, real fucking cute ass nurse. Her name is Marsha. Bam. I remember that shit. And I think, I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's blatantly said here. But it's kind of implied that her and the homie I met, the leader, had a little thing going on or something, but they might not know more. So, you know, building up to that shit, because, you know, spoiler alert, they did. But later on that day, she's leaving the hospital or whatever the fuck you call it. Clinic. There you go. <laughs> and the two little uh, mobster dudes from before, the debt collectors, they see her coming out. And the one, of course, is like, yo, yo, she look good as fuck, B. Let's go fuck with her son. And so they're following her up the street. Saying all kind of foul shit, you know, talking about, you know, how about $5 for a blowjob, you know, $10 for a handy, you know, some shit like that. Where are you going, dude? You feeling lonely? <laughs> how about getting laid? Looking for a little extra bread, what's that? Hey, Vito, you ain't getting through. Well, look, honey, all you gotta do is talk to you, right, baby? How about 
five bucks for a blowjob. <laughs> okay. For ten bucks, it's top for head. I never go more than ten bucks for black head. <laughs> black head. Sounds like some kind of pimple. <laughs> now look here, honey. I know you've got a price. And I know I've got the tear up in my pocket right now. So why don't you just slow up for a minute, honey? Okay. I suppose you're a real class chick. And of course, she just she's ignoring the shit out and just keep walking up the street. And eventually, I don't remember how this came, but I remember her getting back. Oh, she smacked one of them. Because the one, um, I don't know how to describe him. There's like a skinnier dude that's kind of like the leader of the little thug group. But not the boss, just the leader of the thug crew. And then his, like, his homie. Then his homie is the more reckless one because he like crosses up in front of her. And he says something. I think he might even like grab the titty or did something. And she smacks fire off that motherfucker. But then they backhand her and start beating on her and shit. Oh, as this is happening, I'm wondering like, she's right outside the clinic. Where the fuck are the PAs at? Because I'm like, y'all should have somebody out there, right? But they were out there. I don't know if they just happened to come outside to see this shit or they were just ignoring what was going on until she got hit. Which I would think you would want to step in even before the hit came because I even knew that that was coming. So y'all probably should have ran over there sooner. But then they fucking run over there and you realize, oh, you may as well just not even come over here now because they get their asses mopped. Like they get fucked up to the point where one of them is even getting beat. I was three of them. I think the two just get fucked up. And then one dude gets grabbed up and my man's is just like beating the fuck out of him. Like they're holding him. I think they're holding his arms back so he can't defend himself. And he just taking all kind of chest and body shots and shit. So he coughing up blood and everything. And I just remember throwing up my hands like, what the fuck, y'all? Come on, man. And then, uh, and then, you know, the dude has to say the line to make you just to make sure, you know, he's a bad guy. After all this, just the, the icing on top is that his quote is. Now there's a real happy nigger. And oh, it was that hard R. That R was there, folks. So, like I said, the homie Koja wants to retaliate on shit like this instead of peacefully. He wants to go, like, fuck them up. And he goes up to the homie. I'm at, like, yeah, we need to fucking do something about this. I want my own squad. You can have your peaceful shit, but just give me, like, a crew of, like, six dudes. So we can go out and handle shit when this shit need to be handled. But then our man's like, yo, I don't want you doing no fucking Charles Bronson shit. We don't need no vigilantes out on the street. You know, we already, they already look at us like a bunch of, you know, thugs and gangbangers, all this type of shit. We don't need people going out there, you know, perpetuating stereotypes, that type of shit. But then Koja basically looks at him like, you know, big pussy. And he, I think he bangs out after that. What do you propose? A security force. 20 men. I'll train them myself. Now, if we can't stop the gangsters from working here, we can at least protect our people from their brutality. Protection is one thing, but an all-out war is something else. Oh, come on now. I know you, Koja. You'd have this whole town into a furnace. Controlling the syndicate is a job of the LAPD. And where were the cops when the sister was assaulted and the young brother almost beaten to death? Now, you can't take the law into your own hands. Your woman. Marsha was once your woman. Doesn't that make a difference to you? For protection, goddammit! I only want them for protection! And you got something against taking care of your people. Six men 
you can have six men. The mission will be only to protect. They must never attack. Now you give me your word on that, Colonel. You have it. So after this, the little thug dudes, they're going back to their boss, the the head guy. I don't know what the fuck you got. The boss, fuck it. So sad and shit. <laughs> they're just updating him. Like, yo, business is doing this, business is doing that. But then I think it comes to, I think the two main rackets of theirs that we deal with in this movie is prostitution and uh, number running shit. Because he asked somebody how the numbers are doing. And it's like, yo, the people at the counter, you know, we, they ain't giving us a whole lot of money. So they're like, the boss is like, all right, we're going to get these motherfuckers quotas. They have to make this much money every day or whatever, however fuck the schedule is. And if they don't got that money, they going to run that shit they sell. And then in terms of the prostitution, they're like, yo, what's up with, I don't remember his name no more. What's up with Mac Daddy? We just call him Mac Daddy now. So I don't remember his actual name. And then like, yo, he's, his, his, whole, his best girl is like, yo, she was making, you know, an exorbitant amount of money, like 1500 this day, 600 that day. And this is Sandy's money. So my man's a smiling and yo, I forget, there's a line that he says, it's something like that. He's like, oh, she must have some good pussy or something like that. Some, basically what he said. Wait a minute, I think we've got a hold back here. Linda Casey, white chick. Uh, the figures, the first week of July, 900. Second week, 1250. Third week, 1100. Fourth week, 1525. <laughs> she, she sucked her little brains out, huh? <laughs> the week before last, $700, and this week, only 500 They're like, yeah, but the last couple of days, it's been like... $500, you know, $200, you know, 150 you know, shit like that. So they're like, yeah, yeah, we need to go have a talk with Mac Daddy, and uh, I don't know what girly name is either, but go see what's up with that shit. So they head over to the whole house, and I was wondering at first, I guess she just got a line, like, it's like a small little apartment, there's a couch by the door, and you walk around the corner in the spare room, and it was like a homie sitting on the couch, and they just walked past him, and I was wondering, I was like, is, is, is that the pimp? But it's like, oh, no, he was waiting to get his dick wet. Because you open up the door, and it's a girly in there with dude, and they basically tell dude, get the fuck out. And I will admit this, I was super shocked that it was a white woman in there, not a black woman, because I, I was waiting on that shit. But no, it's a white woman. But then again, I guess in the movies, they would say, oh, our best girl is the white. I don't know. I'm not going to get into all that shit right now. But they asking her a bunch of questions like, yo, where Mac Daddy at? Where Mac Daddy at? And she's like, yo, I don't know something. I don't know. And so dude sits down, and he's like, yeah, you know something, girl. And I, I don't remember what he does first. I just remember eventually it comes down to he grabs her because she has a little one of them, like, short hair because, like, kind of like a Holly Berry old school kind of like, I don't you know what I mean, like that. He grabs the front of her hair and he just starts fucking bashing her head repeatedly into the fucking bed frame or whatever the hell it is, like the headboard or something. So she finally talks. And then he's like, yo, see, that wasn't so hard, huh? Because he had threatened to cut her titties off or something. He's like, see, you get to keep your tits now. And just like, yo, these are bad guys, son. They're going to get fucked up later, though. Don't worry. But the thugs, they head to the bar that she said homie was at. And they're just sitting there chilling, looking at the clock, just waiting on, you know, homie to get there or whatever. Cut to the homie Koja getting his uh, security force ready. Because there's a dude there. I don't know, remember his name either. No more. I'm sorry, y'all. But he's talking to him, basically hitting him to what's going down. Then he's like, yo, I ain't fucking with you because you know Ahmed not going to allow that. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, fuck Ahmed. He told me I can get a little security force down just so long as we don't go wild with the shit. But. We gonna go wild with the shit. He just ain't gonna know about it. So homie's like, bet, let's go. I'm with you. Cause he with the shits too. He ready to just go knock some heads together. Cut back to the bar and the homie still ain't, no Mac Daddy ain't got there yet. But unfortunately, they noticed that the nurse that they were trying to holler at earlier is there, Marsha. And so that uh, in your face, well, I don't know what to call this motherfucker, like the rapey one. 
There you go. That's actually the right phrase for it. He gets up and he's like, yo, I'm about to go get me some of that, son. And uh, she's actually with somebody, too. So I let you know again, like her and I met, like had a thing, but they're not together because she's actually with another dude out at the club. And they leave together. And then they're by the car about to get in. And homie, uh, the white dude, comes up and he's like, uh, what did he say sound that make? It sounded goofy. It was like, yo, blood, you got light? That's what he said, actually, yeah. And uh, I think he reaches out for a lighter and they beat his ass and they kidnap old girl and put her in the car. And they got her in the back seat. And I mean, you know what probably happened here. I ain't got to go into detail. They beat her and then they rape her and all that bullshit happened. So the next day, the homie Koja got his crew and they look pissed. They go to the nurse's house and they're like, yo, you ain't got to tell me no details. You ain't got to do nothing. Just tell me who the fuck it was. That's all I need to know. And I, at first, she ain't really with it because she like, you know, your man's probably ain't going to let you go do nothing. What y'all going to, y'all can't do shit. And he's like, yo, fuck that. Just tell me who it was. And then she told him, he's like, he just kind of smiled. He was like, ah, right, yeah, yeah, got you. Thanks. I will say at this point, too, I was kind of thrown back a little bit because I'll just, I'll just get into it now. Fuck it. Because it's going to come up. It's coming up real soon. The People's Army the uniforms kind of caught my attention because they kind of got them dressed up in like some like Nazi looking shit. Cause they even got like the red patch on the arm, but instead of the, uh, the swastika, it's a black power fist. So as I'm saying, immediately I'm putting shit together because I know in this podcast, we've talked about several black exploitation movies from the seventies and, and on and shit. You know, the last two movies we did could have be considered black exploitation movies in a way. There's also another sub genre, I'll say of movies, of exploitation movies, I should say, in the 70s. I don't know what the exact name for it is, but I'll just say Nazi exploitation movies. That was a thing. So this is the first time I've really encountered a movie that's like a fusion of black and Nazi exploitation movies. And you get it immediately, like I said, from the title, from the poster, from the opening credits having like Hitler fucking speech bullshit in it. And then, like I said, these uniforms. And they get worse later. Because like now, they kind of, because they got like the beret, like the, the Black Panther style berets on and shit. But then the, they weren't like kind of like Nazi looking shit. You'd have to see it. Like if you saw the trailer, you kind of got a glimpse of it. So I'm already not really with the shits because I see what y'all trying to do here a little bit. Like I said, the, the hand is heavy and it's not, like I said, in the right direction. I'm going to wait to get real deeper into it a little bit further from here. Because there's a point where it's like, mm, <laughs> you know, when I was watching the movie. But like I said, we'll get there though. Now that they got the info, they go ahead and go sneak into the house of uh, the homeboy that raped old girl. He's in the bathtub and they bum rush. It's funny how kind of how they did it because they bum rush into the bathroom and they not only surround like the outside of the bathtub. There's like I think a couple homies actually like walk along the side and stand up along like the corners and shit of the bathtub. So he's like completely, even though he's got his back against the wall, he's still surrounded. It's kind of funny how they did that. I forget what exactly they say, but basically it comes down to, hey, we know what you did. You ain't gonna rape no more sisters. Give me the razor blade. They cut his nuts off. And he's just screaming and, you know, the water's turning red and everything. And then the homie Koja actually flushes him down the toilet. And then he looks at his homies and he's smiling. He's like, call an ambulance. This man is beaten to death. And I was rolling. See, now, in the way they filmed it, too, they all walk out. And the dude, I, mean, I guess he might have just passed out or went in the shot. Because I guess he is technically losing a lot of blood and his nuts are gone. So he kind of just goes like, Ugh, and like, you know, passes out or whatever. Oh, and he also tells him, too, like, give your, give your peoples a warning. Ain't going to be no more of this fuckery going on. There's going to be more of this right here. And then the little leader of the thugs, his partner, dude, sunglass guy, because he always had his sunglasses on the other way. I just say sunglasses. He goes and tells the boss what happened, because the boss is, I think, with his girl or something. 
And he's like, yo, fuck that. It's important. You need to get out of bed. And he tells him. And your boy's just like, what? He's like, they cut his balls. Like, he's shocked. He's like, they cut his fucking balls off? He's like, they're a lot of bolder than I thought they were. And he's like, what you want to do about it? And the boss is like, hey, look, man, I don't want no war. That shit bad for business. I want you to lean on him. But not real hard. Just a little just a little baby lean. You know what I'm saying? So the next day when they're going out doing all the collecting and everything, they go to, I think it was, a, it looked like a pawn shop to me, but maybe like a little electronic store. Some they got TVs and shit. I'll just say pawn shop. That's what it looked like to me anyway. And they're harassing the dude about, you know, his uh, lottery number or the numbers and shit, the payment. Oh, the bets. There you go. Betting. That's what it was. His betting money. And uh, he hands on the thing. And he's like, yo, you short this much. And the, the black dude at the counter laughs. And he's like, no, it's this much. And the dude's like, what you mean? And he's like, you basically dumbass. If you take this number and subtract this number, it's this number. You said the wrong thing. So the dude's like, all right, whatever, smart ass. Just, you owe me this much then. And the dude is like, I was kind of rolling because he, I knew something was coming because he kind of just smiled and was like, yeah, man, I ain't got that for you, player. And on top of that, I really don't get a, like care to give you no money at all. You know, something like that. And so dude is like, nigga, what? And then I think, do they actually hit the motherfucker? I don't remember if they hit the pawn shop dude or not. But eventually the PA dudes come out the back. And uh, they get into like a big ass little brawl and shit. They start whooping the little thugs asses. But then one of the thugs gets sawed. He pulls out the chopper, shoots one of the PA dudes. I think they knocked the gun out of his hand or they get the gun out of his hand somehow and Koja just looks at him he like take one of ours we take one of yours or something like that and he says somebody you take one of our soldiers we take one of your gorillas I think is what he said it's in the trailer I think so you probably heard that line and then he smokes his homeboy and then the dude that uh, pulled the gun out he tells him to go the fuck back to your boss and tell him ain't gonna be no more of this bullshit after this you start to see the shadiness arise which of course you know the saying you know absolute power corrupts absolutely type shit and it doesn't take long. Like, this movie, like I said, it's an hour and 20 minutes, so we have to get this shit going. My nigga, it's on. So, when he goes back up to the counter, you know, the pawn shop dude is like, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? I appreciate y'all. But then Coach is like, yo, I'll take that money. And from now on, you ain't got to worry about them. You can just pay us. And it's like, wait, what? I thought the whole point of this was so I didn't have to pay nobody. What the fuck are y'all doing? So, it's like, you start to be, ah, I see where this movie's going now. Next spot for the, uh, next spot, next stop for the thugs, they go over to the, you know, the whole house and they're trying to go holler at her. But then, um, what happens here? Oh, that's, that's the time it was. Yeah, there was two dudes sitting on the couch like they were waiting their turn. And, uh, they go in, like, while the, the thugs are in there trying to harass old girl about her money and shit, they go in there and they mop their asses. They whoop their ass to the point where one of them got thrown out the fucking window and into some garbage. And we find out later that his fucking neck got broke. So at this point now, uh, I guess they all meet up. Outside the city, it looked like, you know, give all their uh, money to the sunglass dude, the leader guy, whatever the fuck. And he's salty because a bunch of them are coming back with nothing. Because And then it's like one guy is dead, and or two guys, because one guy got shot, one guy got his neck broke. I don't know if they said he was dead, but they said his neck was fucked up. So I just imagine he's fucking dead, probably. And he's just like, he's just like you know what? Fuck this. We're going to give them a message. They fucking up our shit. We're going to fuck them up a little bit. I'm going to handle the next one. I got a plan. And so the next one is uh, the sunglass guy. He goes to the barber shop. And uh, I should have known. I should have known this was coming by what was going on because there was a bunch of white guys in the damn chair. Seemed kind of off with the black barber shop. But he goes in there to go get the money. And the PA dude step out like, yo, ain't going to be none of that, son. Then all the white dudes in the barber chairs, you know, pull out guns from under the fucking schmock or apron or whatever. And they smoke the PA dudes. Yeah, like I said, I should have knew that was coming. I didn't even pay that much attention, honestly. And then he walked up, sunglass dude walked up to the barbershop dude and was like, yo, run that money and let your people know they take one of ours. We take 10 of theirs, motherfucker. They don't really show it. 
But I know they, uh, I guess they meet back up again later that day. Or I don't know if it's, I think it's the same day. It had to be, right? And they got all their money now. And I guess they're like, yeah, those motherfuckers might have learned their lesson. Because so I'm guessing either they killed a bunch more PA dudes or everybody was just too scared to fuck with them. I don't know. They don't really explain that. But just know they got their fucking money, though, after that. But as Sunglass Guy is fucking driving off with the money, like I said, they look like they're way out of town. He's driving back into town. They're in some desert-looking shit. There's these two little young white chicks drive by. And they're, like, like beeping the horn, like, hey, trying to get his attention. And one of them pulls a titty out. And it's like, he's like, hell, yeah, 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 titty, yeah, you know, that shit. But then they start fucking ramming that nigga. <laughs> he's like, what What are you doing? I think that's actually even what he says. And they run him off a fucking cliff. And he's doing barrel rolls and everything down the cliff and shit. And then the f- car explodes. No, it doesn't explode. No, it doesn't explode, Jack. I take that back. It gets to the bottom and it's laying, like, upside down. And he's trying to crawl from under that joint. The whole time, the sunglasses are still on, motherfucker. Like, they did not break or come off. He still got them on. And he's trying to crawl out. And you're, Bruh! PA dudes are down there waiting. It's funny. They were in the exact spot they needed to be. They knew that he's going to land right here. Either that or when he landed, he was knocked out for a second. And when he came up conscious, they, I don't know. It's just, it was convenience. There you go. But every time he tries to crawl out there, shooting, like, taking shots at him, he's like, wait, wait. You know, he's bitching up real hard. He's like, just don't, don't kill me. I'll give you the money. Oh, shit. So they, I think it's Koja, actually. He's like, yo, throw the money out here. And uh, after he throws the money out and everything, because, you know, Koja's like, you know, throw the money out. I'm not going to, he's like, I'm not going to shoot your white ass off or something like that. And so after they got all the money and everything, they're trying to, he tries to get out because he thinks he's good now. And they start shooting at me. And he's like, well, I thought you said you weren't going, you know, whatever. And he's like, I said, I wasn't going to shoot your white ass off. And they start shooting at the car again until it blows up. And I guess they kill him in the explosion instead. And I think he just shows your boy coach like, <laughs> like laughing and shit. And of course, the boss is pissed because he's like, yo, my money getting fucked up. I'm losing dudes. I lost my little head of the whatever shit. So I think he's having a meeting. He's asking a bunch of questions. And he's like, yo, I told y'all not to lean super hard on him. He's like, who blew up the whatever spot? And there's a guy that's just kind of looking there. Everybody else is looking like, I don't know. There's, but there's one guy's kind of looking down at his feet. And he's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> he's like, I don't want you to think I don't like you. I just want you to know that I think you're the dumbest motherfucking liar. Some shit like that did make me laugh. But at this point now, I guess it's like, yo, what, what the fuck can we do? I guess it's on now. Let's get ready. And then from this point, the fucking movie just abruptly flips you no know, pace and shit because you know like as you've heard the whole first half of the movie is like yo we need to stop the you know the dealers and the you know the number runners and all that type of shit and i guess for the rest of the movie they're pretty much done or behind the scenes like basically the stuff with the boss a guy like you never really see anything happen to him you just hear about it in the background from this point on because it switched focus to now the internal struggle in the pe- uh, people's army like fuck them dudes now the most you'll hear about the mafia dudes or whoever now is like yo uh Koja and his crew you know they're out here shooting up all these people but you don't see it no more that story's done because now your boy Koja done got you know he done got big now here now and he done bought like a what do you call that shit like a training I guess he has like a training ground now he bought like a little house that's like gated and everything like a little mansion type spot or something like that and he's uh he's got a whole he got a bigger crew now he's telling people like yo the tennis court that's what we'll do like our karate training and shit like that and then we got like a spot for uh you know to shoot train our gun training so shoot training fuck <laughs> shooting range and shit as stereotypes like to go in these type of movies when the black guy in a lot of these movies is on top and he's that dude what does he also have to have he's got to have a white woman and he has that too 
But from this point on, like I said, it's pretty much like, you know, spoiler, I guess. But Koja and his crew, I call them the K-Army. You know, Koja, Army, K-Army, you know what I'm saying? Carmi, I guess you could say. But him and his army, they're the bad guys now. Like I said, the mafia is done with. They're in the background. You'll just hear about them. From now on, now we got to deal with Koja. Like I said, you know, he's corrupted power now. Like, he's the leader of a fucked up army that's going around doing the exact same thing that the little mafia dudes were doing. They're going around collecting the money from the people. I think it happens later, but they're going to, like, start beating up people to get their money. Like, we'll get into it, because actually, those are all notes that come later. But just, yeah, they took the place of the mafia now. And they even changed their names. Like I said, I don't remember what they changed. It was, they started all... um I guess adopted Swahili names. So I don't remember what it was. I think it started. It sounded like it was a K. I remember being like a K something. So it's still K, but I think it's just a Swahili name now. And I forget what exactly it was now. And then they also changed their fucking uniform. He's like, yo, I got a uniform change plan. So they go from looking like, you know, like Nazi dudes. Like you, if you know it, you kind of can see it. But if you don't know it, you kind of just like, oh, you know, it's just like uniform with like this shit. But no, now you there is no. They go to straight up like this isn't fucking Nazi shit now. Like the, I don't know, like I guess the Gestapo or like Stormtrooper like type looking shits. Like when you think of that shit, that's the outfit you think of. So it's like, oh shit. I don't even, it's a huge jump. I don't even know how homie got to this point, but it's bad, man. And like I said, that's shit I got to say about this, but I might even just save it to the end. Let's just get through the movie and then I'll break down how, why I feel the way I feel about a lot of this shit. It should be fairly obvious at this point though, but we'll get into it. You know, back at the, you know, the normal faction or the normal, you know, division of the PA, I guess you could say. Ahmed is at the clinic. I think he's talking with the nurse. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how this came about. They're having a conversation. And I think homie laid on, you know, the lines real smooth, like, because the next thing after that, it shows him and the nurse getting a fuck on after that. So, but after they fuck, she, she uh, I guess they're at her house here because she gets a call, her phone is ringing, she gets up and answers it. And the main doctor from the clinic is like, yo, man, you got to get down here. Shit's crazy, man. We just got bombed. And she's like, you got bombed? Like, yeah, some motherfucking uh, PA dudes came by here and they threw fucking Molotovs or something. Like, basically, the Pete, like, coaches people came and bombed the clinic. I think that's what he said. Either that, no, wait a minute, no, it happened. Hold on. Now I'm trying to think because was it them that bombed it? Because like I said, the, they're still beefing with the mafia, but it's in the background. So I don't know if like they were a casualty of them beefing with the mafia or not. But basically, either directly or indirectly, they fucking bombed the place. And so Girlie is pissed about that shit. So she goes and wakes up homie and is like, yo, you need to get the fuck out. And dude is like, cause she's in there. She starts talking about, you know, go back and hang with your, you know, your drug pusher friends. And your boy immediately gets a look in his face like, the fuck you talking about? I ain't never pushed no drugs. And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You haven't, you know, you and your coach and your people's army are no better than the mafia, dude. You're just going around doing the exact same thing they were doing before. And, and your boy legit has no fucking... Like, he doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. He's like, yo, I don't know what you're getting at, but I'm not doing none of that shit. And I'm about to get to the bottom of it. He gets dressed and heads out. And she's like, if you don't know what's going on, then you're just as stupid as I am. And he bangs up. And he starts telling cars to try and figure out where exactly the fuck Koja is at. Because, like, they must not be talking much. Because, like I said, he did, apparently he didn't know none of this shit was happening, which is kind of surprising to me. You're the leader of the fucking People's Army. How do you not know what's going on in the streets? But he's going to find out because he tells the car, he gets the coaches and he gets to the front door and there's a uh, a dude on watch with the little uh, machine gun or whatever. And he tells him like, yo, let me the fuck in. But he, of course, he got to call Koja first and he answered the phone. He's like, yo, fuck it, let him in. 
And yeah, our man just goes up to him and is like, yo, what's up with this fuckery? What you doing? And he's like, yeah, man, I've got my own army now. We, uh, we don't need you motherfuckers no more. That type of shit. And our man's like, no, nah, this ain't how I'm about to go. And he's like, I'll tell you what, motherfucker, you come right here again, you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> this is our shit now. This I'm the leader of this shit. You and my motherfucking property. You can get the fuck out. Let me hear it from your lips. Have you been running dope and prostitution in our city? What I do from this point on is of no concern of yours. And will you deny that you are a liar? For your new name, you should have chosen Nyoka, Snake. General, you are in my camp. This is now my army and we're at war. Now I suggest you conduct yourself in a manner befitting your situation. You jive ass nigger. You've been shit from the very beginning. All right. Now you listen to me. I don't want to waste you only because I feel sorry for you. You and every other do-gooder like you. Where you're wrong and where you've always been wrong is that you fight with weakness and begging. We are fighting with strength. And we will win. Now I will give you enough money for your food and your clinics. Nothing more. Go feed the poor, General. That's what you're good at. And you feel sorry for me. Why, you arrogant son of a bitch. Now, you keep your money. I don't deal in dirty money. I'll find another way to feed the poor. So, officially now, it's ties are severed. Like, we not fucking with y'all no more. After that shit, though... Back at that same bar from earlier. Uh, I guess Mac Daddy, I guess it was the pimp they were looking for earlier. He's actually getting pressed by Koja's right-hand dude about, you know, him not slaying enough dope is what it sounded like. So he's like, yo, you need to get them motherfucking numbers up, bro. Get off them rookie numbers, son. And get this dope slanging out here. You're going to get fucked up. So like I said, no better than the fucking mafia dudes from earlier. So I think they uh, he hands him a little briefcase and the right-hand dude, he heads out. The pimp goes out the back. But then when he heads out the back, that motherfucker gets mopped by, like, three PA dudes, and they steal his briefcase. And they run up the street with it. It's broad daylight, and they're running up the street with his briefcase. And the right-hand dude even sees him. And he's like, what the fuck? So he puts his briefcase in his car trunk and shuts it. And he walks over to see dude all fucked up, like, in the corner. And while he's checking on the pimp dude... Uh, the RPA guys, they actually break into his truck, steal his motherfucking briefcase, and they bang out. So homie is super fucked. So he heads back to the fucking compound. Koja's in there, you know, with the white chick getting his fuck on or whatever. And he's banging on the door like, yo, I need to talk to you. And your man's like, nah, nah, right now. And he's like, nah, nah, fuck that son. I need to talk to you. So he ends up telling Koja everything that happened. He's like, what you, what you want to do about it, man? Because these PA dudes ain't fucking around out here. They done took our drugs and our fucking money. And so I think yeah, Koja just... You can tell he kind of hesitant about it, but eventually he kind of, he's like looking down. Then he looks at a dude and he's like, waste him. So he done gave the kill order now to kill our man. Rather stupidly, I have to say, they get the drop on Ahmed. He's fucking in his bed sleep. And it's uh, the right-hand dude and like two or three other dudes. Might even be more than three even. And they got the gun right to his fucking head. But they don't shoot him. They wake him up and be like, oh, they say, they said, uh, Ahmed, you just committed suicide. But like I said, it's still the, instead of fucking killing him and being rid of the problem, they wake him up and they take him to that, outs- that same outskirts of town that they keep taking people to. And they uh they make him get out the car and they make him walk forward and they got there like aiming the guns at him 
And as he's walking forward, you know, right hand dude is like, yo, you want to see it coming or you want it in your back or whatever? And homie keeps walking. So he's like, all right, then he's getting ready to shoot. But then your boy Ahmed is like, oh, there's a cliff. He just tucks and rolls and falls over a cliff. But before he hits the bottom or before he starts rolling, he actually does get shot, though. He's shot like his stomach or something. But my man is getting his motherfucking limp biscuit on. He's rolling, 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 all that shit. And uh, again, rather stupidly, the homie is like, hey, that fall should have killed him. And I did shoot him. So let's not bother checking on him and see if he's actually dead. Let's just get the fuck out of here for the people here that gunshot and come investigate. And yeah, man, it don't even look like it was really that super far a drop. I would have figured you could have looked down and saw that he was fucking moving. But again, you know, the logic in the filmmaking, you know, all that shit, whatever, man. Somehow your man's, even though he got a bullet in him, man, he just took a tumble down a motherfucking cliff. He makes his way back to Marsha. And he gets all patched up and everything. And this is to give your boy the motivation. Like, nah, it's over. We got to, this shit need to get handled, son. And I'm guessing it's the same day. I'm not completely sure. But after they marked dude, I guess they went straight over to the whole house and was trying to run her for money. She was talking about, you know, she hasn't really been fucking around a lot because she's sick. And I'm thinking, like, what, you got the flu or something? But then the homie, the right hand dude, pulls out a little sack of, like, cocaine or, like, heroin, whatever it is. And she starts, she perks up. So I'm like, oh, you're that kind of sick. Okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you want your, you want the medicine or whatever, huh? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, uh, he's like, well, you got to put in some work for it first. And she's like, but there's nobody here. I ain't got no customers. And he looks around and he looks back at her. And he's like, I got five men here that are tired and ready to relax, been hard at work all day. And it just shows her like a POV shot from her perspective. It was just like all these fucking dudes just sitting there standing over top of her, staring down at her. And I'm like, ooh, shit. And then she just looks around. She just. She's sweating and everything. She just, she just shakes her head like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and she lays back in the bed and then your boy, right hand dude, like grabs the blanket and like pulls it off of her. Thank you for that noise, computer. Pulls it off of her and just exposes her whole body, like everything, like full frontal, all that shit showing. And dude and dude is just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then thankfully they cut away so you don't see none of that unpleasantness. It cuts back to the compound and Cole just giving a speech about, you know, whatever they, they're planning and all that shit they're going to do. But while he's giving the speech, it's actually um, intercut with, like I said, more Nazi footage because they've taken, you know, black power fish, you know, raise your hand in the air for black power and everything. The K-Army dudes are throwing up like the, what the fuck is that called? That the, the Sig Hell shit, whatever it's called, where they got their, where they put their hand out front like this. But instead of them having like the flat hand out, they have the, they're doing the black power fist with it instead. And that's when I was like, mm, mm-hmm, okay. That shit for sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Oh, and then this right here. Like I said, at this point, this is where, like I said, you realize these motherfuckers is really, really. I mean, you already realize they're really, really shady motherfuckers, but it's funny just seeing like the flip from the beginning of the movie because they're back at that same pawn shop asking dude for the money and shit. And I guess he ain't got it again. It's like a repeat of last time, but it's the fucking uh, K Army dudes instead. And he ain't got the money, so they're like, yo, I'm tired of you driving me, son, or something like that. And they start beating his ass to the point where I think homie is just, like, laying on the ground, like, coughing and, like, they fuck him up. So there's, like, really no redemption for these dudes. They have just completely gone over just to the other side and become the thing that they were trying to to stop, you know. Became the thing they despise, you know, message, you know, that type of shit, I guess. But back at the spot, uh, homie and uh, Marsha, you know, she's still patching him up and she's like, I guess he must have told her the plan, like, what he about to go do with it to end this movie. And she's like, yo, I want in on that shit. And he's like, no, fuck no. This is something I got to do by myself. You stay here. 
Then she gets salty and says something to the effect of, oh, well, I guess you won't need me for, you know, that type of shit. And it's just like, whatever. Like I said, I got something to go do. And pretty much this is the last stretch of the movie. And it's pretty much just Ahmed getting his splinter cell on for a long period of the motherfucking movie. Because, like, he uh, he sneaks in, like, under the thing. He's got, like, a oh, he had, had one of his homies get him a duffel bag full of shit. And he's sneaking around, you know, girl wiring dudes and, you know, knocking motherfuckers the fuck out. And uh, he actually, oh, actually, he gets his hitman on a little bit, too, because he actually takes one of the, like, the Nazi stormtrooper-looking uh, disguises and sh- or outfits and uses it to disguise itself. And there's a bunch of training exercises going on. And he actually uh, gets caught by one of the dudes because he's, like, crawling through some bushes. And he happens to come out right next to one of the officers or whatever the fuck they're called. And he says something to him, but then homie knocks him the fuck out, drags his body behind a uh, bush. And then all the little recruit dudes that were training with the guy he knocked out, he has them basically just run fucking laps repeatedly so that he can sneak past. And then after this, he starts doing like, then he gets his MacGyver on a little bit. Cause I'm like, wondering what the fuck is he making? I was like, in my notes, I put, is he making a super shotgun? And yeah, he's making a super shotgun. It's like a little contraption with, I would say like eight maybe pieces of pipe that he like puts a bunch of shit inside he puts buckshot and cotton and something else inside there and as the squad is coming up the little road right there he just pulls real hard on the string and it just buckshots the fuck out of a whole group of dudes and kills them so he just took out like probably like 10 12 dudes with one hit that's when kojo and them are like yo what the fuck was that and then people go to inspect the noise and then bam they get shot too and then at this point, everybody's like, I think they get smart to like, yeah, we probably shouldn't keep going up that way. So then your homie Ahmed just grabs a machine gun and he just starts gunning motherfuckers down. He just running around shooting everybody like Schwarzenegger and motherfuckers. And after he takes out a whole bunch of people, eventually he finally runs up on Kojo. And he says, uh, throw the gun in the pool, motherfucker, or something like that. And he confronts him finally. And he's like, yo, them about to put a stop to this shit. You ain't no better than them other motherfuckers. You putting all of our, you know, brothers and sisters on these drugs and fucking up everything. And while he's uh, talking to Kane, instead of just murking his ass, he lets the right hand dude get the drop on him. He sneaks up behind him. And I think, no, it's Koja. He pulls out a razor blade. The right hand dude and Ahmed are on the ground struggling. And the homie goes over there to cut his throat. But he accidentally cuts the right hand dude's throat and kills his ass. And then you pretty much get like in my notes, I put A versus K. <laughs> A to the motherfucking Z. Um, Sorry, wild style references there. Look, people, you heard it on the radio. You seen it on a TV show. A to the K. A to the motherfucking Z. They get into a big brawl, man. Knock each other into the uh, pool. And they had like a little pool fight, I guess, for a second. But then I think it was, who who noticed it first? Might have been Ahmed. No, no. Was it cool? So one of the motherfuckers noticed that there's a machine gun at the bottom of the pool. Oh, I think the one he, yeah, he told him to throw the gun in the pool, motherfucker. That's right. And so they know now it's a struggle to get to the gun. And eventually, finally, you know, Ahmed gets hold of the gun and he shoots Koja while he's underwater. And, like, I'm not a gun nutter or anything, like an aficionado, but I didn't think that those shits worked once they were underwater like that. I know it's a movie thing that happens all the time, but in real life, what he been able to kill him with that gun like that? Like, with the bullet? I mean, he had it point blank, so if the bullets were going to come out, they were going to come out, but would they have even come out is the question I ask. But I don't fucking know. But just know that Koja dead as fuck. It shows, like, I may get out the pool and everything, and then it shows... At first, I thought he was still alive because he kind of floats up to the top, and his eyes are wide open and shit. And I thought it was him, like, floating to the top, you know, to get round two popping. But, nah, he's just floating. He dead as fuck. And then, yeah, I'm mad. It just, it just shows him for a little. It's like him taking a little stroll through the compound. You know, he's walking. It shows him walk all the way out. And he even shows him walk to the front door and shut it back and everything. 
And so because of that, I thought something was going to happen. I thought it was going to be like, maybe he's going to get shot. Like there was somebody he missed, but no, he just walks out. And the last thing you see in the movie is a, it shows Koja body floating and it like kind of freeze frames, but then the colors kind of, I think it like, like a negative looking color scheme or something appears. And it looks kind of creepy. I had to say, because like his eyes are wide open. So when the color changed to like negative, it made his eyes look like there were just like these little super white beams and shit. It looked kind of, it was a weird way to end the fucking movie. I, I would say. And I think I don't even know there were in credits, but they weren't very long. Cause I did fast forward. I don't know why I just have a habit of fast forward through credits. Just to see if anything happens. I know a movie in 1975 is probably not going to happen, but yeah, just freeze frame was Koja dead body. And, that's the black Gestapo, homie. And like I said, I got some some speaking points here, but we're gonna go ahead and play promo first. Advertisers, if you know if somebody wants to advertise on the episode called The Black Gestapo. <laughs> and we'll be right back. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes of gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com 50 minutes man that's crazy i do that quick that's the thing it's like the, it's a fairly really simple plot that i was kind of as i was watching the movie i was kind of nervous about this episode honestly i have to admit here because i'm like there's not really like you know like the Junie smith movies had a lot of goofy shit going on that i could you know talk about and play clips for this really didn't have a lot of that and it's not necessarily a fun movie really honestly like like i said the shit you're dealing with here it might be maybe it's just not fun for me in the mindset that i have like maybe other people can watch this like oh ha ha you know but then like i said i was gonna get into like the whole time i'm watching this movie and i had to look it up immediately i'm like was it a white guy that directed this and it was i don't know if dude was on this shit or not but you know there's always the thing that a lot of like especially racist white folks like to always talk about it's like oh the black panthers were you know this militant you know crazy insane group of people that go around just doing all this dumb like nothing none of that shit man the black panthers are basically like if it wasn't for them type of people the black panthers wouldn't even have to exist you know what i'm saying they were going around like uh school the school if i remember right the fucking school lunch program was created by the goddamn black panther group basically the black panthers wasn't doing nothing but trying to make the neighborhood safe for us to be in you know what i'm saying like we don't have to be afraid in our own neighborhoods like we're not putting up with your shit no more type thing but because they weren't conforming to the norm like oh you niggas need to just do this and be this way because they weren't doing that it scared a bunch of people it scared a bunch of white people i'll just say that fuck it a bunch of racist white people there you go i will always clarify that because like i said i don't have beef with white people as a whole i just have beef with the racist faction of white folks and those motherfuckers were scared anytime like i said black folks come together as a you know unit like unifying type way it's always gonna be scary for the motherfuckers that's why they try and divide us every way they can like keep us the minority you know as time goes on in 2020 it's getting more and more so to flip that to where they're the minority so believe me, I say I don't. I don't mean all white folks. I mean by now y'all should know that. But just in case we got new listeners and shit, I ain't talking about everybody. I'm talking about the ones that don't like me. You know what I'm saying? Fuck them ones. But the whole time I watch this movie, I'm just wondering what the director's mindset is because he basically made the K Army 
exactly what the racist white folks pictured the Black Panthers as, even though they weren't nothing like that shit. And granted, they're the bad guys and they don't win at the end. I don't know. It just at certain points it just rubbed me the wrong way because, like I said, I'm just imagining it further supplanting the thing in their mind. Like, yo, that see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's how those motherfuckers are, you know. That's why we need to get rid of the black man, you know, that type of shit. And then they're like wearing, like I said, the berets and the black outfits and everything and all that shit. And then they're like taking the black power fist and like they're having them fucking do the sick hell shit with it and everything. It's just like, mm, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm just wondering where your mind is at, Mr. Lee Frost. Like, are you with the shit or are you not with it? I don't know. Like I guess I don't know. I'm not, I couldn't find it. I was trying to look up information about the movie to try and see, you know, what mindset this was coming from. You know what I mean? Truly exploitation or if there was some propaganda in there, too. Because, Grant, I know it's exploitation as fuck. But I'm just wondering what the propaganda levels are with the movie. But like I said, they were the bad guys, I guess. And they, like the good team, you know, won in the end and shit, I guess. I don't know, man. I was really thinking about that shit the whole time, like, because the movie itself is not bad, but it's just the themes of it sometimes were, like, kind of rubbing off on me the wrong way, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it annoys me to see, you know, black, you know, power iconography fused with Nazism, you know what I'm saying? It's like, is this, no, you're not going to compare those two like that, bro. So it's a conundrum about how I rate this movie, because the movie itself it's just like dumb exploitation shit, which I normally like. But in this case, like I said, you got them fusing black power and Nazi iconography together, which I am not a fan of because those things do not go together. You know, a lot of people probably watch this and be like, see, I told you, you know, I don't know. This is hard. Actually, this is one of the hardest fucking decisions. I like I have, didn't even write a score down beforehand. I'm just I really don't know where I'm going to go with this. Because it would, it would be easy without the, you know, the, the the Nazi iconography shit to just look at it as, you know, oh, you know, that day, you know, there's a bad egg in every bunch, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I didn't expect this movie to make me think so hard. But then again, the title was The Black Gestapo. And I had, a, I had a feeling where it was going, especially once I saw the poster. I'm very curious what other people are. I'm like, I need to look up reviews for this movie and see what people are saying. So I'm very curious, like, if anybody else has thought about it the same way I'm thinking about it or not. I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe, like, I don't, I don't know, man. I'll tell you what, more than anything, the whole movie, like, because they got, like, the Black Power flag, but then they got the Thunderbolts coming out the side and everything, and then they got, like I said, they're wearing the Nazi uniforms with the berets and shit, and then they eventually just wear straight up just straight Stormtrooper outfits. But the thing that got me the motherfucking most was them doing that goddamn Hitler salute with the fucking Black Power fist outstretched. I'm like, fuck y'all, man, for that one. I think coming off of the Junie Smith movies, too, is kind of hurting it a little bit. Because the Junie Smith movies, bro, I'm never fucking bored. Granted, I will say that maybe it's because it had me thinking about shit the whole time. But I was never bored watching this movie either. But it, it wasn't as fun as the Junie Smith movies are. Like, the act, like there's decent actors here, so the acting is fine. You know, there's not any of the, you know, there's a dead body outside your door. You know, that type of shit going on like the Junie Smith movies that I fucking love. So you don't really have a lot of the fun, bad acting. You get a, if you like the exploitationist, you know they got the naked women and the violence and all that type of shit. You know that's all there. It's exploitation, so it's going to exploit my nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing I have trying to get in my head. And this was no big Hollywood picture. It was a fucking little grindhouse movie that they just want. They, like they get you in with the poster. Like they got me in with the poster. It worked on me in 2020. I was trying to think though. Like the movie itself is fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's not really a lot of like. Yo, yo, you got to see this shit type moments here. Other than just the whole movie itself. Like, you just, the, the title, if you see the title and the poster and are curious to watch it, I say go for it. Just so you can know. But if you were to be like, yo, but it, like, 
is it entertaining or not? I'm like, it's fine. You know, it's fine. These are the times where I wish I'm on Colt 45 and I just give it the hater slipper or, you know, just be done with it. But I'm trying to think of fucking numbers here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still going. I'm I'm, I'm, a ta- I'm going to talk about this probably longer than the movie, it seems like. But I'm going to talk through it. And when the movie ended, I remember thinking I kind of liked it. Other than some of the little issues that bother me personally. It may not bother everybody. I don't know. But it it kind of bothered me. But the movie itself, I remember enjoying it for what it was. Honestly, if it wasn't for the black power, like, outstretched thing, and them, like, fusing Hitler speeches over top of Kojo speeches and shit, like, I don't know. But that's in the title, though. So, it's like, you knew what you were getting into, my nigga. Like, but I love dumb exploitation shit, though. And that's exactly what this was. That's why I enjoyed it, even though it's not that great. Maybe I'm just a little bit too sensitive, too. But then again, I'm fucking black. <laughs> it's... Nazi shit is sensitive because I fucked them, nigga. And then you taking, like I said, Black Panther imagery, infusing it with Nazi imagery that doesn't sit well. But again, like I said, I know what you're doing there. I know it's exploitation. I know what the fuck you're doing. <sighs> I had to get a five. Fuck it. Just give it a five. Like I said, the movie itself is it's fine. It's fine. Not as good as snitching New York or uh, Pressure. Yeah, can have it. Just, just take the fucking five so we can move on. And be all right. Just yeah, take take the five. You get your fucking five. Black is topple. Fuck. It's like I said, I'm not gonna. It's the movie is whatever, man. Fuck it. What? No, it's on YouTube. Fuck it. If y'all want to go watch, I did see on on a uh, fucking letterbox. Dell has watched this before, so I need to see if Dell. What? Hold on. Let's hit that Dell on movies blog spot. See what Dell said about it. Maybe I'm tripping or something. Let's find out if I'm tripping. The black is there. It is. All right, Dale, what you got for me? Let's see if I'm bugging or not. All right, so I'm gonna just read the review. And if you would like to read the review, go to DellonMovies.blogs. Whoa, DellonMovies.blogspot.com. What starts out just another black exploitation flick where the end game is simply sticking into the man throws us a curveball. We get a very nice twist that elevates it above most of its genre. Okay. While doing so, it still maintains much of the silliness the genre is known for. Unintentional humor, cheesy 70s music, and gratuitous female nudity. Speaking of females, they really get the short end of the stick, pardon the pun. <laughs> the movie can certainly be uh, constructed as misogynistic. Another flaw is our hero. He seems too weak to even hold the position he does, which is very true. I didn't talk about that. Let alone go all Schwarzenegger and Commando like the way he does. To the good is the surprisingly sharp dialogue. Yep. There's plenty of 70s lingo and some of it is indeed corny. Still, there's enough lines that actually qualifies good writing, which places it cut above its contemporaries. And all, it's a very flawed movie, but it's flawed enough to be so bad it's awesome. So, okay, so maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm letting it get to me too much. Because like, like I was saying, it's in the fucking title and it's in the poster. Okay, you fixed it for me a little bit. Because like I said, the movie itself is exactly what the fuck you would want in an exploitation movie. It is exploitation. But I think that it was just... Because like on some real shit, I won't lie. When I got done watching the movie, I was ready to give it a, I was ready to give it a 7 on some real shit. But then on my mind, I'm like, but I didn't like it as much as Pressure and Snitch in New York. So it couldn't be a seven. So it could it be a six. But then I was like, but then that the, the shit got to me a little bit. But if I was to just shake it off and be like, look, it's in the title. That's what the movie's going to be about. Just it's dumb because it's not like Song of the South or it was a big Disney movie that opened in big theaters or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, again, I gave Snitch in New York and Pressure sixes and I like those more. So I can't really I don't really want to give it a six either, though, still. So I guess it can keep the five, but I feel better about it. As he said, and I forgot to actually point this out because I did think that during the movie, but the main guy, like Ahmed, is whack as fuck. He don't really, he's not even really in the movie that much, to be completely honest. He's in the movie in the beginning to set up the people's army. But then it's pretty much the Kojo movie, or Koja's movie. 
until the end when like Dell said he became like fucking commando and like or like I was saying Splinter Cell shit just sneaking around doing everything. He doesn't show that quality until the end of the movie, you know. So yeah, like I said, it's, it, it can have the five, man. It's fine. I won't. If Dell didn't sweat it, then maybe I shouldn't sweat it either, man. Because. I don't know, like I said, it's just dumb exploitation movie. It is what it is. Like I said, I, like I said, even when it was over, I was gonna give it a seven. So it's like I did enjoy it, but then after that, I thought about it. and I was like, I can't give it higher than Snitch in New York because I refuse to because I love those dumb movies. But I just didn't feel right giving those anything higher than six because that's where I was at. So it can have its five. There you go. The black is stop. Well, it gets a fucking five. Thank you, Dell, for helping clarify that shit because I was desperately looking for anything on this movie to try and be like. Maybe I'm bugging out. Maybe you know the directors didn't have that intention. Da, 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 da. I just have to remember it's in the t- it's in the fucking neck, and then it's also in the genre. It's exploitation, whether it be black exploitation or Nazi exploitation. It's all fucking exploitation movie. So there you go, Black Gestapo, five out of ten. It is on YouTube if you want to watch it, because like, it's on this little box set I got. It is on Blu-ray too. I saw there is a fucking HD uh, conversion of this somewhere. I don't know if I liked it enough to buy that. Maybe if it was like a few bucks, like five dollars, which it probably won't be. So I probably won't ever get it, but it does exist if you like it enough to want to do that. Or like I said, just watch the show on YouTube. It's there or Amazon somewhere. It's out there somewhere. But all that being said, now that I finally got the actual number out the way, we got segments on the show. I got the Black History Flashcards from the Urban Intellectuals, Volume 2, all about the black women. And today we have Amina, Queen of Zarya from 1533 to 1610. She was a 16th century warrior queen of present-day Nigeria. Best known for her impressive military skills and her ability to lead the cavalry, conquered much of North Africa for the Hausa people during her 34-year reign. I hope I said that right. Accredited as a brilliant architect who constructed strong earthen walls around the city she built and seized, overcame traditional gender roles by refusing to marry or have children. Queen Amina's life was the inspiration for the television series Xena, Warrior Princess. So, there you go. Now, Amina, Queen of Zarya. Wouldn't have Xena, Warrior Princess without it. So, Xenia fans, you're welcome. That's a show I never really got into that much. It, like, I remember as a kid, it was on TV. And it was on one of those channels we had because we didn't have cable. And I remember my mom would watch it sometimes. So, I like I have a passing knowledge of it. But the Hercules show, I've never seen any of. I know they crossed over, so I probably saw him on there. But I never actually watched that one at all. I think Sam Raimi produced those shows too, even. But I don't know, maybe one day I'll watch those. But <laughs> other segments on the show, we got hustle approvals. And do I have anything this week? Shit, I don't know, actually. On the Switch, um, these games are old, but I got it on the Switch. I had it on the DS years ago. I rebought it and played through it again, just finished it. But uh, it's a game series called Phoenix Wright. And uh, it's a genre of game called visual novel. If you don't know what that means, it's basically a bunch of text and, you know, you click through. It's not really a lot of action per se. You're not going around like fighting or anything. It's kind of just like, because Phoenix Wright is an attorney and the whole thing is you go around, you investigate, you find clues and you actually go to like court battles and you're going back and forth with the uh, prosecutor and you're trying to find contradictions and you got evidence you got to throw out there. You got to, it's a, like, you have to think a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And I love that game. I just beat the first one. The Switch has the Phoenix Wright Trilogy, which has the first three games. There are more than that, but it has the first three. Like, sometimes I like shit to just make you think a little bit. Like, I was, I even downloaded Jeopardy on the Switch, and I was playing that for a minute, realizing that there's a bunch of shit that I don't fucking know. <laughs> As if I didn't know that already. Any category that was, like, pop culture shit, aced it. The whole category done. But then it gets shit to, like, 16th century something and stuff like that, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, nah, I don't know about that, son. Yeah, if you got a Switch or... No, nah, you know, I just Switch. I think it's on PS4 and everything, too. I recommend Phoenix Wright. Uh, Ace Attorney is actually... Phoenix, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Yes, thank you. <laughs> nah, 
I recommend it. If that sounds interesting to you, if you like solving cases and finding clues and chilling and like reading text and shit, like go check it out, man. I highly recommend it. If I had to give it a score, it'd definitely get like a nine out of ten in the first game. The other two I've never played before, but the first game I definitely get at an easy nine. No thought. I don't have to think about that for like twenty minutes like I did fucking uh Black Gestapo and shit. So there, go check that out. And with that, I think I'll just give you some info real quick. If you want to uh, get hip to the show, follow us on uh, all the social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital V, capital H, capital P, lowercase oddcast. And on that same Twitter page and on Instagram, if you go to Home Video Hustle Podcast on Instagram, in those bios, there's a link tree. And if you click the link tree, you can get to all the different apps or not apps, but uh, websites because like you get all the... There's a couple of different ways to listen to the podcast. Like I think the Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast, I'm sorry podcast link is there and then like uh spotify and all that good shit but then you also get to the facebook page the instagram page the youtube page because we got new videos every wednesday if you want to know what movie we want to talk about on friday you can find out on wednesday with the youtube video and you know our age of radio or the podcast network we're on we get to their get to our page on their website from there and they got affiliate links that you can you know buy shit with but then you can also help uh support the show if you click on that patreon link or just go to patreon.com slash home video hustle got two tiers one dollar and three dollar as I held up two fingers, but y'all didn't see that. So I technically shouldn't have told y'all that, but whatever. <laughs> um, you just get different things, man. Like you can get some every now and again when uh, I can, I record bonus episodes. I normally like to record bonus episodes when I go to the theater and shit, but I don't go to the theater that much. So I have to figure out a different format for that. I do want to see the Sonic movie though. I'm very, very curious to see the Sonic movie. But yeah, you can actually, but more so than that, you can actually pick movies for us to watch. I'm trying hard to not do Patreon movies without PJ. That's the reason why we didn't have one last month. We usually do at least once a month, but I'm, I really, because I know you guys pay for that shit and probably want to hear me and PJ, but he's incredibly hard to get hold of right now. So I'm trying to hold those, but also don't want to wait too long. So I might just have to start doing them with or without PJ. As much as I don't want to do it without him, I don't also want y'all to be feeling like y'all throwing money didn't know have us do shit and then we not doing it for you so all right you know i don't know maybe i'll get somebody else maybe i'll get the unofficial four co-host maybe spirit i don't know, somebody and i'll just have to do it that way because i don't want y'all to feel like y'all not getting y'all movies because it has to we should have been through some of these about now but i have to keep putting them back on the on the burner and shit you know but don't worry about it folks we will get to your movies because like i said if i gotta do it myself fuck it i'll make sure you get your movie reviews Maybe I'll just have PJ text me a fucking score. I don't know. I'll figure something out. But yeah, help support the show right there. And then you get in. If you want home video, uh, whew, if you want home video hustle merch, you can hit T Public. I think it's tpublic.com slash home video hustle or some shit like that. Just click the link tree. It's, it's the it's there, man. And damn, I think that was it. With that link tree, it kind of shortens it. It throws me off a little bit now. So yeah, other than that, I'll just say also check out some of the homies. You know, check out definitely check out Trey Voorhees if you like the intro and outro music. Check out Trey Voorhees. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that where he said that the next Saturday album, he's not going to distribute normally. You have to like hit him up and be like, yo, I want that new joint or I want it. Message trade for he's like, yo, I want Saturday nine. I think it's number nine at this point. And then I think that's how you're going to get it. I don't know if he's joking or not, but just in case, if you want that new hotness, I already told him I want the shit. He already know anyway, but just in case, if you want to hear that new shit, let him know. Cause I'm sure it's going to be some good shit. Cause it's always good shit. And then check out the homies, you know. Uh, superiority complex what were they thinking code 45 you know everything i learned from movies and nerdy bitches podcast you know uh fucking uh soul wizard podcast you know all, just all the homies you know I, re- I retweet a bunch of people all the time that i fuck with and if i fuck with them you know they cool right 
So just go ahead and follow. Dude, like those are the main homies. Those are like the forever homies I've been there since the beginning. You know, Kung Fu Driving too. But listen to the homie also first. Also, child, like I said, the Real Talk Podcast. The homie Mike, uh, Mike Brooklyn. I keep want to call it nothing. Mike Brooklyn. That was on the Stitch New York episode. I might be recording something with him sometime soon. You know, hint, hint, wink, wink, shit like that. But yeah, on that note, man, I think I said everything I need to say, man. I finally got my black Gestapo score popping. Like I said, I don't know. I think. I don't, I don't know, man. I think I just, it, it got to me a little bit. Just seeing the Black Power Fist, you know, fused with Nazi shit just kind of fucked me up a little bit. But again, I have to remember it's exploitation, so it's going to exploit that type of shit. It's that type of movie, man. It'd be like, I guess if I watched Birth of a Nation and was mad about the clan being the heroes. It's like, well, you knew what you was getting into when you watched it, motherfucker. So I have to just remember that. And yeah, okay. I got you, Black Gestapo. You still get a five, though, because you weren't as enjoyable as Junie Smith. So now on that note, and again, thank you, Dell, for helping my brother out with that shit. One last thing to say to everybody, and it's that I'm Brent, and I hope you have a good rest of your Friday, or have a good rest of whatever fuck day you listen to this on. The Black Gestapo is on YouTube, man. As I know I've gotten a couple people to check out Junie Smith movies. If y'all want to check that one out and let me know if I'm bugging too hard or not, please do, because I want to know if I'm, like, I really, I, <laughs> I want to know, like Joe, for real, for real, I'm not even going to sing I'm serious, like, if you watch this movie, and you think I'm tripping, let me know. Or if you agree with me a little bit, maybe I'm just slightly tripping. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bugging just a tad bit. You know, maybe just let me know. I'm curious. I want to know what y'all think about it. So if you've seen it or if you haven't seen it or are going to watch it, just hit a brother up and let him know. Because I want to know, man. And again, mash out the Maverick movies for fucking with your boy. Because when I tagged him in it, I was scared at first that they might be like, yo, you talking shit about our movies, you know, something like that. You use clear our movies, you know, that type of shit. But they were actually pretty cool, so I mad love to them for that. And they got free movies on YouTube, too, so you probably should go check them out, too. Hey, But until next time, I'm out, man. I said that already, didn't I? I'm fucking up, man. I'm tired. I just woke up and turned on the computer and did this. But I got to end this before the music runs out, so peace. Black, black, black is back.